You're listening to a DM podcast. Although I do have to admit that um, I'm actually not fussed about what sandwiches I eat. And um, if it's the size of a soccer ball, I don't even know if I could finish that. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. Today's guest is a comedian. According to the website IMDB, this man has several acting credits to his name. He is also an improviser, a writer, a dancer, and a speaker. In addition, he hosts his own podcast called Good at Parties. Now, without further ado, let's all give a warm welcome for Ross Kimball. Michael, thanks so much for having me on. It's my pleasure, Ross. How are you getting along? I'm doing great. I just had a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm feeling strong. The sun's out over here in Los Angeles, so I'm feeling really, really good. Impressive. <laughs> What's new on your end? Oh, man, a lot. I uh, I have a, a, a baby, a two-year-old son. I have uh, a lovely wife. I keep busy working out. I keep busy hanging out with my friends. I'm working on projects trying to stay as positive as I can these days. You know how it goes. Sounds like a very fulfilling life. Yeah, yeah. It's I call myself blessed or very, very lucky. Yeah, you know, of course. We have our dips, we have our ups and downs, but I try to focus on the ups. Yeah, of course. And congratulations on the birth of your son, by the way. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. It was very exciting. I didn't I didn't see myself, you know, when you when you're younger, you don't see yourself as a, a father or a parent. And when it happens, your whole life changes. You yeah. start thinking about the baby. You start, yeah. You start thinking all about the baby. You're, you're not even important anymore, Michael. <laughs> Once that baby comes, it's all about the baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not too keen on being a dad, though. Well, that's okay. It's not for everybody. No, there are things other that you can focus on. I also wanted to ask you, um, how did you get your foot in the door in the world of acting? So it goes all the way back to Chicago. This is like the early 2010s, like 2009, 2010. I took my first improv class in Chicago. And I was a teacher. I was a sixth grade teacher during the day, but I've always wanted to do comedy, but I was really, really afraid. It actually took me two years to take my first acting class because I was so afraid to do it. So once I took my first improv class, you know, it's, it's like, it's like taking a sip of, uh, you know, your first favorite soft drink. You're like, okay, well, this is what I want to do for the rest of the time. It makes me happy and it makes other people happy. So that's how I got my foot in the door with it. And then my journey just slowly turned into staying in Chicago, doing shows. And then I got a break to come out to LA and I've been here ever since. Wow. That's really impressive. My, oh yeah, thanks. I'm actually pursuing an acting career myself. I was going to mention this. I know you're you're interviewing me, but I wanted to interview you because you have an IMDb page as well. You know this, right? Yeah, I do. But I don't have yeah. many credits though. But how many people can say that they have an IMDb page? Not a lot. So that's something impressive. That's impressive on its own. Yeah. I want to ask you, are you taking classes right now? Are you interested in any specific drama, comedy, or like yes, a lane I, that you want to get into? I actually am doing acting classes. I actually finished um, the intermediate course um, a few days ago. And, oh, great. And next year, I'll be looking at doing either advanced or showreel. Depends on um, what I'm advised to do. And the yeah. genres I'm looking at doing are comedy and drama. I consider myself a versatile performer. I agree. Can I can I tell you something? Just from what I've seen, I can see you in a lot of comedy because you, you have the timing. You don't take yourself too seriously. And those are the two key things with comedy, not oh. taking yourself seriously and having having that timing. Right. 
I would like to ask, what's it like mm -hmm. living in Los Angeles? I like it. I think it's different for everyone because everyone has a different experience, as you know. But for me, since I have a family and I have a core group of friends and I have I have my goals and I have the things that I want to achieve, it's it's fun. When I was single, it was a lot of fun because you can do a lot of things. You can go out at night. You can check out different restaurants. You can stay out late at night. But now that I have a family, I'm usually inside and I'm usually trying to find things for my son to do, whether we're going to a park or the zoo. And what's nice is LA has both. If you're single, you can do a bunch of stuff. And if you have kids, there's a bunch of stuff to do as well. And I think that's probably similar to Sydney as well. I see. Yeah. Except the thing is, I don't live in Sydney. I actually live in Wollongong, which is south of Sydney. I am so sorry. That's all right. There's no need to be okay. sorry. Um, it was just an assumption. Everybody makes assumptions. That's and right. I also want to say that with the, the entertainment industry in, in Australia, they don't seem to do much comedy. They, they mostly do dramas. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that is? I honestly have no idea. Maybe it's because a hmm. lot of people in Australia can't really con um, grasp the concept of comedy, but I can. And plus, it's my preferred genre. Yeah. I wonder why. Is it the is it the sense of humor is different or it's very dry? What's, what's the sense of humor in Australia? Well, my sense of humor is pretty dry. Hmm. Yes, which I appreciate. I love dry humor. I love when people say things funny or a little off with a straight face. And I also really love voice acting as well. Mm -hmm. Are you pursuing that at all? Are you in classes? Are you, well, are you having opportunities? I haven't had any opportunities yet, but um, mm -hmm. I would give anything to be given a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just keep doing it. I, I know yeah. for my career, I just kept doing my thing. I, I found my lane and I kept doing it. And then people will come out in the woodwork and yeah. ask you to be a part of their projects. But then again, it. um, it's a very slow process as well. Mm. It's a slow journey. Oh, yeah. I know about that. Mm. You got to be patient. Yeah. Now, um, can you tell us about the acting projects you have done? Perhaps masterminds? <laughs> sure. That's when I usually go to parties or it's, it, what happens a lot is when I go home, a lot of people ask about masterminds because I got to work with some of the top comedians. Uh, I, and my, I consider ever. Uh, I was with Owen Wilson, Zach Galifianakis, Kristen Wiig. I got to work with Leslie Jones, Dan Marino, and have you ever seen Home Alone? Yes. So Buzz, the the older boy, the older the older brother, Devin Rattray. Yeah, Devin Rattray. I got to work with him. Yep. <laughs> I'm impressed that you know his name. So I got to work with Devin Rattray as well, and I was in Asheville, North Carolina, for four months. And to go back to your original question, how I got into uh, acting and all this stuff, and how I got my foot in the door. So I was taking classes and performing and teaching improv in Chicago. And every summer, Saturday Night Live comes to Chicago. And they come to other cities as well. But Chicago is pretty much the main hub for comedy. And there's New York and L.A. But SNL came to Chicago, and I was asked to do a five-minute set. And you have five minutes to do three characters and three, two or three impressions. And I did it. And if you've chosen or if they are considering you for the show, they fly you out. And I was flown out to audition on the main stage. So I got flown out for that and I didn't get it. But Lauren Michaels, who runs SNL, he liked me enough to put me in Masterminds. And talk about swimming in the deep end, Michael. I had This was my first thing ever, my, my first acting career thing ever. I'm with my heroes. So the first couple of days, I was pretty nervous. But yeah. thankfully, everyone's really nice and everyone's really nice. And a lot of people didn't see the movie, but everyone that has seen the movie really, really loves it. Well, I do know that Kristen, Kristen Wiig is pretty funny. She's very funny. And I think she's even nicer than she is funny. She was very, very kind. 
In fact, very, very funny. I certainly would love to have her on the podcast. Yeah, that's a great. Actually, that'd be a great guest. I can I can try to. I haven't talked to her in a little bit, but I can try to put the feelers out there for you if you'd like. Yeah, that that would be very helpful if you yeah. would be able to. That'd be great. My whole thing, Michael, is I like to help people. And I, what I like to do is to help people on their journey. And I can see that you're going on a journey. There's a lot of actually journeys that you're going on. But this podcast thing, I think it's so cool that you get to talk to people and get the word out about who you are and also these yeah. other people that you get to bring on. So it's really cool. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks. But also, even though I enjoy interacting with famous people, I'm also trying to prove something to them. Mm. That, what do you mean by that? That What I, what I mean is um, what I'm trying to prove is that so, even though I'm a fan, I, I'm still able to recognize that they're still just people. Absolutely. But yeah. They're, but they're my also my heroes. Uh, regardless, though. Yeah. What's What's your mindset before you talk to people that are your hero? I mean, even um, you just had on one of your Hollywood heroes, Mark. Mark, uh, Mark Evan Jackson. Mark Evan Jackson. What was that mindset before going into that? Because that, that that's your dream guest, right? He was my dream male guest. Yeah. Yeah, dream male guest. Yeah. What was that mindset like going into it? How were you feeling? I was um pretty excited, but also um really um looking forward to it as well. Yeah, yeah. But also at the cool. same time, I was kind of taken taken aback by how reserved he was. Oh, interesting. Oh, like he like he was talking to you like how you see him on TV. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm also in an upcoming project that's going to be on Amazon. That involves James Morrison. It's a it's a comedy which I think you'll like. Hmm. It's very silly and it has a uh, like a documentary type feel to it, like The Office. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be exciting. And um, what does being a comedian mean to you? Hmm. This is a very good question. What does it mean to me? I think first and foremost, a comedian is someone who brings joy to people. I think for me, I like to let people see how I see the world and like the end that I see it. And like, well, this is funny to me. I hope it connects with you. I think being a comedian to me, it's helped me. It's helped me not be so serious and not take life and my scenario and my experiences so serious. And, you know, it's corny and a lot of people, a lot of people roll their eyes, but some, when comedians say this, I, I resonate with it. It's, Comedy for me and for any anyone's life, once you find the thing that you're supposed to do or that you really enjoy, you should really chase it and it changes your life. Comedy changed my life. I took that first improv class, I was hooked. And wow. it like bled into it bled into my life. I'm not just being funny or having people find joy on screen. Uh, it's hmm. it's uh, when I go to a, a park or interact with another person, I try to leave that person with some joy. For me, that's my experience. Wow. Comedy is my preferred genre because said it makes people laugh. I've always enjoyed making people laugh. You're good at it too. I am? Yeah, you're good at making me you make me laugh. I have friends, I was telling people today, I was saying, Hey, you won't believe this, but Michael Theo is having me on his podcast. And they're like, Oh my gosh, he is my favorite. He makes me laugh so hard. So just know that you got fans. They must have seen love on the spectrum. Yeah, from that, it was great. And I think a few of them listen to your podcast as well. Yep. Because I got, yeah. I seem to have a big, big fan base over in the U.S. Yeah, why is that? Why do you think that is? Honestly, don't even know. <laughs> Can I tell you that's that's funny? That's a funny answer. <laughs> you're just being yourself. You're being like your most authentic yeah. self. 
But and I think, and nowadays with social media, people really love that authenticity. When people are just yeah. authentic, like, hey, this is me. I'm not going to change for anybody. People are like, yeah, they're doing their thing. It's great. Although, so they would love to visit the U.S. We got to get you out here. Because, Michael, yeah. I think what's going to happen is if you, we, we need you in L.A. just for a week. And we'll set up some meetings. We'll go. I'll take you to this place called Cantor, or you can go by yourself or find someone else to go with. There's a place called Cantor's Deli, which is great. There's a, uh, do you like sandwiches? Yep, especially Reuben sandwiches. Okay, I know exactly where we're going. We're going to Langer's. We're going downtown Los Angeles, and we're going to Langer's. It's this deli, and they will give you Reuben the size of a soccer ball. Wow. Although, yep. I do have to admit that um, I'm actually not fussed about what sandwiches I eat. And um, yeah. if it's the size of a soccer ball, I don't even know if I could finish that. Well, take it home. Eat it, eat it at home. You yeah. can take it home. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Excellent. What what style of comedy are you best at? Oh, what style of comedy? So so you introduced me, and I always laugh because I always forget that it's in my bio. I put dancer in. Uh, I like to dance, and I consider myself a decent dancer. But I love physical comedy. Because I'm so big, I think a lot of people don't expect me to move as much. And fell around. I have a few dance videos online. I like physical comedy a lot. I would consider it like absurd comedy, where it's like a little out of left field, a little out of the box. Oh. I have some people. Some people don't like it, but I do. I like being a little cheeky, a little sarcastic. <laughs> Sarcasm is a lot of fun. I love deadpan comedy as well. Yeah, that's my top favorite. Like, yeah, yeah, top. That, that is up there with me right now. And on social media, I'm doing that quite a bit. Where. I'm just saying silly things or I have like a, a point of view on something, but saying it straight, straight face. And I like to really respect my audience where I'm not explaining a joke. It's either you get it or you have to watch it a few times to get it because I really honor my audience. Well, I do have to say American, yeah. American comedy is, is definitely by far the funniest. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll take that compliment. I'll spread it around. <laughs> yep. Since you're a dancer, um, what is your style of dance? This is a great question that I get a lot. And all I can say is it's modern in style where I just feel the music and I have it go through my ears, go through my body, hit my ankles, and then go right back up to my brain. And I let the music dictate how my body moves. Mm. Michael, can I, can I ask you something? Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to uh, be too forward, but I, I assume that you're a good dancer. Well... I'm not exactly the kind of person that, that does dancing in nightclubs. I would just make a fool out of myself. So, <laughs> so funny that you should um, mention that because um, my style of dance is actually ballroom dancing. Oh, like a, a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, yeah. three. Like, uh, okay. You know, this, like this is tango, the, the waltz. Yeah, tango, waltz. Well, I'll, I'll boast. I'll let you know my backstory with dancing. When yes. I was a junior in high school, so I was like 16 years old, 16, 17 years old, uh, my school was very, very into physical education. I think we were like number one or number two in the whole world. Like whatever our physical education class did, the rest of the country followed. And so we would have every eight weeks, we'd have a unit and it would be very intense. And the units when I was 16 years old was ballroom dancing. Ooh. And I was asked to be... Uh, the uh, student assistant. So I would have to do all these dance moves with my teacher. And it was so embarrassing. But Michael, deep down, I was so excited because I was getting this training out of everyone. Wow. And they uh, they did a swing. That is something that I got really into. And that was really big in the States 
when I was uh, in junior high and high school. So I got wow. really good at that. And now I just dance. I just do like mom dances for fun. But, you know, deep down, I think I'm, I'm pretty decent at it. So I like Impressive. to you know, do it every once in a while. Yeah, thanks. We, when you come out to LA, I know I know you said you don't do clubbing or anything, but I'll take you to a club and we can make a fool with each other. Okay. Both of us can be fools. Sounds fun. <laughs> Sounds a, a lot, like a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. Now, um, you have a podcast called Good at Parties, right? Mm-hmm. I have two podcasts. So I have Good at Parties, and then I have a podcast that I co-host with my friend Jackie Dorothy Gonzalez, and it's called The Most Wonderful Pod of the Year, where oh, yes. we watch Christmas movies and we talk about Christmas movies. So that only happens two months out of the year. But right. Good at Parties is something that came out of me going to a party and realizing that people forgot or just are not great at small talk. And whenever a a topic would be brought up that they didn't know anything about, they would just shut down or like leave the conversation. So I have people on the podcast talking about something that they could talk about uninterrupted at a party for 20 minutes. Can I, can I tell you one thing that I think that you could talk about for 20 minutes uninterrupted? What? From what I know of it, Thomas. Thomas, the tank engine. Yeah. I think that's the topic that you talk about. Finally, somebody gets it. I get you, Michael. This is what I'm saying. We're friends. I get you. Yep. I would definitely talk about that for <laughs> just for hours. My son's watching that and, and I'm sitting there watching it with him and I'm thinking in my in my head, yeah, I get it. I get why people like Michael like this. The story's great about trains, which not a lot of people take anymore. Trains are a thing of the past, but I think trains need to come back. Yeah. But yeah. Th- but of course people take railways for granted these days. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to get a speed rail mm. in L and Los Angeles to, to Vegas or things like that. And people are just like, oh, we don't need it. We need electric cars. No, get in a train. You don't have to drive. You can fall asleep. You can be on your, on your computer. There's so many, so many more advantages to a train than cars, in my opinion. Personally, I prefer steam engines. Mm, man. What makes someone good at parties? It, great question. I think it's uh, keeping yourself open for learning new things. It is asking good questions, being a good listener, making the conversation about the other person. I think knowing when to leave is good. When you feel, yeah. you know, it, it really depends how well you know the person, if you're going to be the last person to leave, or if you feel people trickling out and, you're, and you think, okay, this is a good time, I'm going to say goodbye. I think there's different types of goodbyes. There's a thing called the Irish goodbye at a party where you don't say goodbye to anybody. You just slip away. And that's something that I've gotten very good at over the years where you just, you know, everyone, it's that time. You're not going to go around and say goodbye. You're just going to dip out. There is the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. uh, And that is a region in Illinois that's like the middle uh, of the, of the country. And the Midwest goodbye is you say goodbye to everybody. Someone offers you a drink. And then you walk around again, say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. And then you stay for another hour and a half and you leave. Hmm. So you say goodbye pretty much three times. That's the Midwest goodbye. Help. Oh, offering to help clean is a good thing at a party. Offering to be like, hey, is there anything I can do? That's that, Michael. I'll tell you right now. Oh. That's a lost art. A lost art. People don't realize. And even if you're going to get a no, and 99.9% of the time, the host is going to be like, nope, I don't need any help to clean. Good. The offering 
is huge. And they'll remember that. Like, is there anything I can do? Can I help anything? Can I cut up that watermelon? Can I cut this cheese? Mm -hmm. Can I bring these uh, drinks out? Those, those things that I think that makes you good at parties. Mm -hmm. And I have a running, I have a running joke on my social media where you need to be really good friends with people with pools. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a friend with a pool, you'd be very nice to them because you want to get invited to that pool party. And that's just a running joke I have. <laughs> this is a running joke I, I have on, online. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some other things that you shouldn't do at, at parties is is knowing when to laugh at jokes and mm -hmm. and not talking about things that you don't know anything about. That's it. I think a lot of people will do is they hear something and they want to perceive that they're smart. They want the other person to be like, hey, look, I know everything. And I think saying humble and having no ego in those conversations yeah. is a huge thing. And and having questions to be like, hey, I don't know anything about that. And I think, Michael, you do a great job of that. And I do a better job of just saying, hey, I don't know anything that you're talking about. What do you mean by that? Or yeah. how did you get interested in that? And why are you interested in trains? Or how did you get into bulldogs? Those, And I think people love talking about their, their interests. Oh. Yeah, people do. Right. People do. I, I think that's a lost start as well. Yeah. Because we, we assume that people don't want to have anything pushed on them. But in reality, people don't get a lot of chances to talk about that, what they love. Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people just talk about stuff that I have no interest in, whether it's sports mm -hmm. or, or parenthood or kids or, or marriage or relationships, stuff like that. Yeah. What do you do when you get in a conversation like that? What are, what's your go-to move or how do you, how do you maneuver around that? I actually don't really know because um, at parties, I um, usually hate the noise and I just can't stand it. And I often require alone time for air. I'm the same. I, I'll, I'll find my spots. I'll find the conversation. And then sometimes you know, I need to dip out for a minute just to gather my thoughts, get fresh air. Yeah. I'm with you there. But, I'm, I'm with you. But if I'm hearing um, a person long enough and if they get me involved in the conversation, I just maybe ask some follow-up questions. It's huge. But it's huge. To be honest, parties aren't really my thing. I got to be honest with you. They're really not my thing. And when I say parties, I think I just mean a general like gathering of people. So it could be a few people. It could be 800 people. I would love to have you on Good at Parties one day. You don't have to answer it right now. But if you're interested, we can talk more about it off air. That, I would love that. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun, I like your shirt. I know a lot of people can't see it, but it's very colorful. It really matches your personality. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It just It's just sort of... Um, bananas and banana leaves i love it it looks like you're going to a party well it's one of my signature looks i often wear <laughs> hawaiian shirts because a few years ago i stopped wearing t-shirts because i realized something t-shirts are for boys oh really yep and teenagers oh, interesting. right you, oh i see what you're saying so when you're an adult you got to put a collar on yep and yeah i agree with that and if i'm gonna be a man i have to dress like a man and that means wear hey. button shirts I hear you. I hear you. There's a, a a comic out here named John Gabriel. He's a buddy of mine, and he all he wears is floral prints, and he's like known. He always looks like he's on vacation, going on vacation. Mm. <laughs> so you guys have a similar style. Because after all, with seasonal clothes, summer clothes are the most fashionable. I agree with that. And they're the most fun. They're most fun. The most colorful. You can really you can shine. So um, since you're a speaker. Are you a motivational speaker? I consider myself, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd be a motivational speaker. I, I take what I speak on, what I speak on is my experience in Hollywood and also my experience playing volleyball. I played volleyball at a, at a high level when I was younger yep. and I failed. I failed a lot. 
I think oh. I think failure is one of those things that makes you great. Because if you don't fail, then you don't know how what the feeling of winning is. Wow. Or how great that feeling of winning is. So I motivate people to get from one place to another or one thought to another or one mindset to another through my experience. And I've done that for a few years now and, and I love it. Right. Um, what do you yeah. speak about? Uh, well, like I mentioned before, I, I speak about uh, my failures and how failures are really the helps you to get the road to success, whatever that means. Oh. Yeah. That- it's, it's interesting, right? Yep, that's definitely motivational. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets people to realize that failure is not really the end of the world. I, I say like whenever I talk to people and I, I help some people too get over the fear of speaking in public. And so I coach people through that as well. And the main thing that I do with that is I tell them that failure is not the end. It's mm. a door being closed so that way you can move down the hallway to another door. Right. Yeah. That's that's really impressive. Keep up that great work. Oh, I appreciate that. I will. Thank you, Michael. Perfect. Now, for something more fun. Here we go. This is why I'm here. Isn't it true that you teach improv? It is true. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Do you happen to teach any workshops? Yeah, I do. Excellent. How many (laughs) workshops do you do? Well, it depends upon the year. It depends upon, like, who's interested. But I'll do, like, three or four workshops a year depending on who's interested. Wow. Yeah. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah. I've actually been working on improvisation and acting classes and also in my spare time as well. So I yeah. have to ask you this. Do you want to have a go at some improv with me right now? I was waiting for you to ask me that question. And the answer is yes and. Perfect. You start. Oh, Oh, I see you're working on that bicycle, Jonathan. That's a good-look red bike. Yeah, I've been working on it for, for about, like, uh, 10 years now. 10 years now? Man, well, it's, it is pretty impressive. It's huge. It's The tire's about as big as me. I wanted to ask you something. I need a raise in my job, and I've been afraid to ask you for years. Can I get that raise? Um, that depends. How much are you looking at? I'll be honest with you, my son has a birthday coming up, and we're building the cabin in the woods coming up this summer. I'm trying to get a new peg leg. You know, this old wood has some mold in it. I'm looking at $4 million. $4 million? Now, I know you're raising your voice. I can tell you're upset, but look at the mold on my peg leg. I need a new leg. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm, not, I'm not actually upset. I, okay. I said it in surprise. If if you could just let go of my shirt, that would help me out because I know you're not upset, but you're holding on to my shirt so tight. Oh, right. Uh, sorry about that. Oh, um, thank you. Man. I didn't mean to do that. No, it happens to the best of us. So yeah. the answer is yes or no to my $4 million. Well, for this one time, I will grant you the money you need. Oh, no one can see it, but I'm picking you up and squeezing you. Yes, I <laughs> I can feel it right now. <laughs> and scene. Nice. <laughs> that was awesome. How'd you feel? It uh, feels really great. Yeah, it's like you're just going along with the fun. You're yes ending. You're following the fun. It was great. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for that. That's all right. I really enjoyed that too. But yeah. I, I couldn't even tell if I was being funny. You were. I'll be honest with you. You were. Because 
all, you were just living in the moment and you weren't trying to make it funny. And that's what makes it funny. Yeah. I think if I brought a peg leg to anybody else to be like, what a peg leg. You just were like, yeah, this guy has a peg leg. I get it. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't think we're finished with our improvisation just yet. Oh, oh okay. Are we still in it or are we did doing you, a new one? Did you say peg leg? I did. I said I needed the $4 million because my peg leg has mold on it and I need a new peg leg. You're missing a, a couple of things. Okay. You don't have an eye patch, you don't have a beard, and you don't have a parrot. Can I be honest with you? I'm a little offended because pirates can look however they want. Is that so? It is very so. Now, I'm getting on your bike and running away. Pedal, 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 pedal. <laughs> well, that was 10 years, 10 years of hard work down the drain, but all right. <sighs> I'm just kidding. I don't know what got into me. I don't know why I sped away. I need this job. And I'm wondering if, if there's a way maybe, oh, look, a picnic basket. Maybe if we attach this picnic basket to your bike, we have a new business idea and I can get a new pig leg. Okay. Um, what are you proposing? Well, what do people like? What do people like to eat? Let's think. Um, hmm. Cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Yeah. That could be um, an idea. Uh, let me think. Deep fried alligator. I've heard people like that. But that's bagels. That's so much oil. bagels. Perfect. Well, a bagel shop. Oh, I also know salmon. S salmon bagels. Yes. You're a genius. Put her there, pal. Handshake, yep, handshake, sure. handshake, handshake, handshake. We go five years into the future where salmon bagels have taken off and are a worldwide success. We're at a giant oak table where Jonathan and Brian are five years older and successful. Well. I'm thinking of retiring. Um, why is that? We've made enough money. Salmon bagels are popular, and I just feel like I have to move on. Okay. Well, right. if that's your choice, um, who am I to stop you? You've been a good partner, my friend. You certainly have, yeah. and it's been an honor working with you. Now, as we promised beforehand, whoever retired first gets to keep the peg leg. Yeah. And now I know two years ago, there was an accident, and now we both have peg legs. Yeah. So you get to have my peg leg, and I appreciate Thanks. all that you've done. Thank you. But if it makes you feel any better, I actually got your little retirement package. Oh, what, is it? Is it this giant wrapped box? Nope. It's, <laughs> nope, it's, not, it's something even better for your, for your leg. Are you? It's Okay, a, I'm going to close my, I'll close my eyes and put my hands out. A real leg, an actual human leg, so, so it could be attached to you via surgery. You, my friend, get me. And scene. Holy cow. Can I tell you something? I know the rules of improv are yes and, and you have to agree on anything. But yeah. you heard my real laugh when I said, is it that giant wrapped gift? And you said no. That was so funny, Michael. So funny. Just the... <laughs> That got me so good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting it. And that's another thing with comedy. It's the it's the uh, the unexpected. And that went very unexpected. In fact, improvisation is a lot of fun. I actually really enjoy doing it. Oh, good. It's, it's a blast. I, oh, go ahead. If, I, if only there was a improvisation class in Sydney. I think I think there are. I can. I'll, I'll try to dig dig deep for you. I think there has to be with enough all the acting schools. There has to be one. Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. But then again, the the industry in Australia is nowhere near as big as America's, which I'm not hmm. too happy about. Yeah. 
Well, that just means there's more opportunity for you, if you think of it that way. Yeah, but I certainly would love to visit America and do some acting work with, with some people there. Yeah, we well, we have you. And even, and even do imp improv classes. There's a bunch of them out here. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of fun. The comedy scene is really, really fun out here in L.A. Mm. But I wonder how safe L.A. is. Yeah, I... I think I think it just depends where you are. Is LA still going through a drought? It is. Yeah, my my wife is a scientist actually, and she she's very aware of the drought. She oh damn uh, keeps me updated. Like rain. Hopefully, hopefully this winter it's our winter season right now, and oh. I hope to get some rain. We had rain last maybe two weeks ago. And it rained pretty good, but we need we need that rain. Yeah. So, how long has this drought been going for? Oh man, I think for as long as I've been in LA, maybe seven years. Oh damn! And it was yeah, it's maybe you know, close to a decade now. Yeah, it's wow, not great. It certainly isn't. But um, I have one last question. Um, you mentioned earlier that your son watches Thomas, right? Yes. Are you talking about the reboot or the or the original series? So this was this is what I wanted to talk to you about like four different Thomases. There's the one that I grew up with, with Ringo. Ringo yes. Starr is the conductor. That's the one. That's the one I, I grew up with. That's my Thomas. And that's the real Thomas, if you ask me. Yeah. The iteration now is, it's like, um, I'm, I'm in front of my computer, and it's like the tiny, tiny Thomas or uh, Zoom time. I, I think you're referring to that reboot, Thomas and Friends, All Engines Go. Yes, All Engines Go. That's what we watch. And that's what threw me off. That because... is that is terrible. Okay, I hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. And I only watched I... the original series. Yeah, and that's Shining Time Station, right? Well, Shining Time Station is um a spinoff. Okay. And um, I only watched the um the original series of Thomas. I actually have DVD copies of the first four seasons. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm trying to. I'm, I was just saying okay because I'm on my computer looking this up and it's. It, the history of it's pretty fascinating. Do you still watch it nowadays? Every now yeah, and then, of course. if you got nothing going on, yeah. I've I've it's, been a huge fan of that show since I was three years old. Yeah, you got James, the Red Engine, you got Edward, Emily. It's been going on for a long time. Yep, too. Thirty-seven years now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now that we've had our fun, I believe oh, we're boy. on to our Ask Mister A Plus segment. That's the segment towards the end of the podcast where the guest has the chance to ask me questions. Mm. So shoot. So I listen to your podcast. I think I'm unique in that sense. Where a lot of your guests, they listen to a few episodes. I listen to every episode. And so a lot of my questions have been answered, but I'll ask you this. If you were invited to a party, let's say tomorrow night, you have a party. What are you picking up from the store to bring to the party? Let's say it's a casual party too. Let's say it's someone's birthday. And you already have the gift. You already bought the gift. What do you bring in food-wise or drink-wise to the party? Well, I wouldn't be bringing snacks or or, um, or soft drink. I need something better okay. than that. Okay. I'd probably bring um, maybe sarsaparilla in drinks. Ooh. Or, got um, the cowboy. The cowboy soda, as I like to call it. Yeah. Or possibly uh, apple ciders. Yeah. Does that come in a can or bottles? Bottles. Yeah. Oh, man. Great or, choice. Or um, bring peach snaps and orange juice to combine them both. <laughs> yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it is. All, all, all those choices. That and was with, great. Um, with, 
with food, I could probably bring um, probably something Italian. Oh, interesting. Like a plate of pasta? Are we doing a tray of lasagna? Either one of those two. Yeah. Do, do they have Olive Garden where you are? We don't have Olive Garden. Ooh, I have an Olive Garden pretty close to me, and it is great. The slogan there, the slogan at Olive Garden is, when you're here, you're family. And oh, not yeah, lying, that. Michael. They're not lying, Michael. You walk in, you take your shoes off. It's very, very hospitable. I'm just kidding. You don't take your shoes off. That was me joking. Okay, here's the next question. Cake or pie? Pie. Oceans or mountains? Um, mountains. This is going to be easy. Car or train? Train. Perfect. Sandals or shoes? Shoes. Eyes or nose? Eyes. Camping in a tent or sleeping in a cabin? Sleeping in a cabin. And here it is. Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. Christmas or Valentine's Day? Christmas. Christmas or Kangaroo Day? Kangaroo Day. All right. Is Kangaroo Day a real thing? I just guessed that. I don't know. I don't. There's no. There's no such okay. thing as Kangaroo Day <laughs> hey. in Australia. <laughs> hey, but we're celebrating it, and you're taking it over Christmas. So, but that's all I had. That was my rapid fire. Oh, I'm trying my. to think of any other things. Oh, uh, what? Oh, oh, this is great. Do you, do you fly at all? This has been my last question. Do you fly in a plane quite a bit every now and then? Not. Not very often. No. Not very often. This is my question. What is your, when you know, you can carry on in your bag to a plane. What is, what is like three things that you need to have in your carry on bag when you fly? Three things like you need them in your bag. Medication. Yeah. Because I have epilepsy. Yep. So you definitely need that. Yep. Uh, water. Oh, smart. So you wouldn't take the water. Okay. Are you taking it in a plastic or a reusable? Reusable. Smart. So that way you can fill it up. Okay. Yeah. I like it so course. far. What's, what, what's your last thing? Ah, uh, that's pretty tough. It is. Um, can, can I suggest a few things and maybe maybe it'll jog your memory? Sure. Do you listen to stuff? Do you have headphones? Yes. Yeah, I, I think headphones are ones for me are, are big. Uh, my phone is huge, and then uh, I've been I've been flying with an eye mask. I sleep. Oh, I see. I don't really use an eye mask. It changed my life. Hmm. Yeah. I, I had a really hard time sleeping, and the eye mask helped. Ah. I don't know. Think about it. You use it. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Those, those are all the questions I had, Michael. Thank you oh. for being honest with those answers. That's all right. I just wanted to awesome. um before we conclude this. I wanted to um show you something. Um, do yeah. you remember Hannah Barbara's work? Oh yeah. Oh perfect. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the the Jetsons? Uh, Jane, his wife. Yeah. Then you must be familiar with Cogswell. <laughs> I am. And can I say this is my favorite impression that you do? That's actually what, one of the few impressions I, that I nail spot on. I, I will say it's that. And I got to say your Muttley is right on target. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I it's, love it. It's close enough. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's right on. And, and with Cogswell, I've been expecting you, Jetson. I know the whole bit. So you can't operate the Minivac without this car, gay. <laughs> I got old Spicely right where I want him, in the palm of my hand. <laughs> With this repairman disguise, I'll bluff my way into Spicely's and remove the cog from the Minivac. What, was that you or the cartoon? That was me. Uh, couldn't tell. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I was watching the whole time. 
Yeah. You got to get some voiceover. Your voiceover so is awesome. Yeah. I, it's I'm great. Quite, I'm quite a fan of Dors Butler and and uh, Don Messick. God rest his oh, soul. Oh yes, yeah, Don Messick. He he's like over a hundred hundred characters. That yeah. He's done. He passed away. He passed away in October 1997. Yeah. 71. Hmm. And Dors Butler passed away. In May 1988, one month after my parents got married. Wow. Did you watch the cartoons and did you know that there are people behind those cartoons and that's what got you interested in yeah. finding out who these yeah, people are? Of course. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of kids would realize that. But also losing those those two men, along with Mel Blanc, left a giant void in the voice acting world that nobody else mm. could ever fill. And nowadays you have people, I mean, at, at maximum, they do like three or four characters. They're not doing all the characters you see in the show yeah well good luck with that man i think thank voiceover you. is in your future just thank keep you. keep going after it thanks ross yeah you're welcome and um thank you so much for coming onto this podcast i really appreciate it it was a really great conversation we both had i i 100 agree it was a pleasure and i have to let you know i am i'm just humbled that you had me on because i've been watching you from far and i love that we got to finally meet and it was it was great being on here and thank you so much really really appreciate it it was my pleasure thank you enjoy the day also let me know where you got that shirt because i want it yeah of course